following program is rated M-A-L. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. This week on the 5-Minute Warning. What's on my mind is, you know, we've talked about it on the show before, but, you know, I'm about to experience it myself, man. Home ownership. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we can't be living in apartments forever. I mean, we can, but why are we doing that to yourself? Because in the grand scheme of things, you paying for somebody else's like property. Yo, man, I'm not saying you need to. Nah, that I am saying it. Yo, man, get your shit together. Go buy you some. Go buy you a house, a condo, something that's yours. Something that nobody can kick you out of unless you don't pay the bill for 90 days. What's going on, everybody out there in the world of the internet? My name is Ruben, and once again, welcome to another episode of Five Minute Warning. And of course, I'm never by myself. Usually, I have one of my people, AG, in the house as he is prepared. His What's out of y'all? How you doing, <laughs> <laughs> man? I was, I was, look, look, I was rushing. And then I was like, oh, snap. I got to put my other thing in. My other thing, it got to go away. And so I got all the things. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I'll never be and... a pro at this, bro. Never. <laughs> and I think we got Mo B in the house. I mean, why do why you think? Because I don't got nothing on your screen. There's your screen, screen is black. Not at all. Weird, cause I got y'all on my screen. I mean, it's darkness, and now like he Charlie Murphy. Like what? What? What did he say? What did um um Rick? Uh, so what did Five Fingers uh, say to the face? Rick James, slap, face slap. Nah, man, it's it's like dark. Like you ain't got no lights or nothing. I mean, so, I you can, so, you like dark, so, so you can't. So you can't see me at all. No, he can't see I you, mean, but you we can ain't hear Ron you. In the house. You, yeah, you know you what? That's Ron, that's not so. that's cold. That's cold. <laughs> he ain't even here to defend himself. <laughs> I know, right? Sounds like a personal problem. That's cold. But yeah, but yeah, we we can't see you. So that's interesting. I'm incognito. Hey man, you say he's incognito. <laughs> yeah, he did. That's funny. <laughs> well, guys, I mean. How was y'all? How was y'all week, AG? How was your week, man? wasn't bad. Glad it's over. Looking forward to a couple days off. Got to get the car fixed. They got a bad wheel bearing. I think was about to fall apart. I was like, just get me through the tunnel, y'all. Just get me through the tunnel. Which the big? Oh, there's Atlanta. Oh my God, all that red. <laughs> where, Why where you talk about the man's from? red? He could talk about your. Aqua. I'm just saying he. I mean, he could, but damn. I mean, it looked like he redheaded kingpin or something. That's no, right, man. I said it. <laughs> if you don't know who that is, look him up. Yo, man, I man, got something to say. What? Do you remember you the episode of Fat Albert with Swade Simpson? I do not. Oh, my God. Moby, you remember don't. that? No. I think I've seen like two total episodes of Fat Album. Yo, Fat Album was man. Because the only reason I'm bringing this up because I kind of caught an attitude <laughs> with my wife Lawrence. She's beautiful, but I kind of you know felt some type of way. She says she ain't seen Swade Sway Simpson episode. Now she's my age. Actually, she's a year younger, but she's still my age. She says she saw it, but she don't remember. I don't remember the. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. Okay. You know, Start out. I mean, let's be real, man. 
I'm gonna put it out there. The only reason I really watched Fat Albert, I really didn't want to listen to the educational shit. I wanted to see the Brown Hornet, man. I was a fan of the Brown Hornet. What was the Brown the Hornet? Brown Hornet was educational. Nah, nah, man. No, nah, I'm talking about when they be having a, they be trying to do an educational story with Fat Albert. Somebody stealing something, you gotta give it back. Whatever. I won't down for all that. I just finished watching the Super Friends and, and all that bullshit. I'm looking for some, some, some funny. And the Brown Hornet was funny. He was a funny. He was, he was space ghost coast to coast before space ghost was. That's actually not true, but okay. Well, I'm just saying. I, I think he was. I mean, he didn't do that. I'm just talking about the humor, the humor and stuff. I thought it was funny. I'm, but, you know what, Moby? I'm sorry for this. I just want to know if you've seen seen uh, Sway Simpson. I didn't mean for the Brown the Hornet. Brown to come up there it is. That was pretty good, Ruth. No. Thank you. <laughs> So, all right. So, so your wheelbarrow made it through the yeah, tunnel? Yeah, I made it through the tunnel, but it was sounding really bad. <laughs> I mean, it had been coming for a while. You can hear him coming, but it takes a long time for him to actually start to, well, not start to fail, because it's already failing if you can hear it, but it takes a while for it to actually yep. start to grind. So, I'm taking this yeah, shot man. tomorrow. I bet. $800. I know. I bet through that. Yep, yep, yep. Just, I was about to say, go ahead, break out that grip. Yep, and if you've ever seen cheap. if you've ever seen anybody replace one, I ain't mad either, because it wouldn't be me. Oh no, you got to have a special tool to replace. You that. absolutely do. I've had one done already. And absolutely. Yep. Not a fan, but hey, it is what it is. Yes, what sir. about you, Mo B? You feeling better this week, bro? Yeah, man, I'm good. Oh, I okay. thought I was I being thought... replaced because I forgot you had done that. I, I, no, I forgot you had done that little intro. And- I heard my voice. These motherfuckers done replaced me with my own voice. <laughs> we got a hologram, y'all. So we don't we don't have NIL contracts on this show. No, we can man. just use your stuff like in the good old days and don't pay you. <laughs> I was about to say, I just watched this thing on CNN where they were talking about people doing the deep fakes with the voice. I'm like, these motherfuckers done got a deep fake voice of me. <laughs> They're going to do a whole goddamn show without me. I don't think we could do that, man. We couldn't do that. We wouldn't be funny enough. I don't think we could do it. Nah, nah. I wouldn't be funny enough. Nobody would be funny enough. But I'm glad you're back. Y'all give me way too much credit for funny. Uh, Uh, We don't have to. We can just ask the people that that listen to the show. That's because you're the only reason I listen. (laughs) I promise you, you are. Because they damn sure ain't listening to me. And they're not listening to me. Man, all right. <laughs> hey, man, what's up? The Adidas sweatshirt. The show was going I mean, on Adidas before me. But it didn't oh, get really good until you got here. Just saying. But yeah, he does. He is rocking Adidas. I've never seen you wear Adidas before. Yeah. What's wrong with my Adidas sweatshirt? Nothing. We just Nothing. never seen you wear Adidas before. Yeah. What's wrong with the Adidas sweatshirt? Oh my goodness. Nothing. Oh. Jesus. I mean, just give me if it. Just giving you a shout out, man, with the Atlanta hat on. I mean, you know, y'all been through th- three black coaches in, in four years. Really? Is that and what we're saying? Now you got Quinn Snyder. Is that what we're saying? You've been through three black co- You know what? <laughs> I'm just going to leave that alone. <laughs> All right. But everything else good, Moby? Everything good? Yeah, man. You know, um, I-, I saw you. Um, put what we supposed to be talking about and I was just like yeah I don't know nothing about what we talking about so good luck oh Black right. Morticia Adams I'm just here so I'll thanks for fine. paying attention <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> Black Morticia let's go Black Morticia <laughs> so I mean I so we won't talk about the first thing because you have no idea but I want to bring up something on that so recently of course it's no secret. North Carolina Tar Heels did not make the tournament. And somebody else told me this was hap- was going to happen. And I was like, nah, man, that's some old bullshit. These motherfuckers. No, no, no. Before you move on, the- Ruben, before you move on, because you gave that person such a hard time. Who was that person that told you, Ruben? Who was I, that person? I can't speak on it. Yes, you can. Who I was that person? No I, I, no, I really can't. Okay. Well, I you really know what? The other person that told you was me. Oh, you said? Did you say something about that? I said a whole lot of things about that that you didn't agree with. Oh, well, no, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. So, no, not this part right here. Okay. So yeah, North Carolina didn't make the tournament, which I'm gonna be for real. I didn't believe they were 
I mean, I didn't, I wasn't sure, but I couldn't believe they leave out the Blue Bloods. But they did it to Kentucky like six years ago, so it is what it is. But nah, this dude was like, you know what? I was like, man, they're going to be like the first four out, and they're going to go to NIT and just win that joint. And he was like, nah, they they too stuck up for that. They're going to they gonna skip the NIT. And damn if them foals didn't skip the NIT. Did they really? They were the last... They were the last one, the last four out, and them motherfuckers skipped the NIT. They was like, no, we're not going to play NIT. We're going to use this time to get better. Bro, you got like three or four people who came back to your school who are going to the NBA, and why can't they get some more tape? You know, why can't they play for a championship? Because y'all stuck up asses decide that y'all don't want to go to the NIT. Bro, that... I can't believe that the person told me that. I mean, I you, like, could, you that could be being a bit presumptuous. I could be. I don't know if I am. I don't think I am. Yeah, but. I mean, because you're... I'm just saying... I mean, cause, but you're making an assumption. Because you, you're saying, well, you know, why not let those guys play for a championship? How do you know those dudes that's about to go to the NBA would even want to fucking play in the NIT? Well, actually, I go one like, better. Because what do you gain from playing the NIT? I go one better. I don't think any. I don't think North Carolina would have won that championship either. They're not playing well. They haven't played well in weeks. And it, when they played when they played Duke at home at Duke, we weren't playing. We weren't necessarily playing as well as we're playing now. And that was just no contest. So, and then we went to their place and did them in when they really needed to win they're not playing any better and that and that whatever whatever yeah, performance mean, they put it put in in the ACC and, and tournament was like gained? what come on man no. and what would they have gained even if they made won the NIT what they gonna put that NIT thing in the banner and they gonna be celebrating the next year no like I mean like to some I'm not I'm not saying they should look down at the NIT but there's some programs where like going to the NIT like the juice ain't worth the squeeze man it, it just ain't. It, it, it would do Clearly. nothing for that program. It would do nothing for that program. Let's just lick our wounds and come back next year. We got a whole bunch of top recruits coming in next year, which they do. And let's just make this thing roll next year. I guess. But I, I mean, you know, if you want, if, if you want to just say those 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 punk asses just don't want to play, as you put it, like. It's weird, man. When people don't agree with your line of thinking, man, you immediately go to attack mode instead of just being like, hey, like it's cool if you be like, hey, I think they should have went to the NIT, but you immediately went to attack mode. Well, I mean, but I guess the thing about it, the statement was pretty much like, yeah, you know, you know, we don't have the opportunity, blah, 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 blah. We're going to, you know, many factors go into post, quote, many factors go into postseason to play. And we believe now is the time to focus on moving ahead, preparing for next season, and the opportunity to again compete for ACC and NCAA championships. Unquote. You what know, what is the like, problem with that statement? What What is the problem with that I, statement? I mean, I'm just, <laughs> I mean, it's, well, the first thing, I, the other thing is, if they're not going to go as good, they said something at the beginning before the NIT put out, so they can get somebody else in. So that's awesome. You know, you got one more team gets to play. You know. I, I guess my thing is is like I feel like that there are times where opportunities are good for all, regardless of who you are and how you are. Now, how is it, once can again, you can you explain how this is a good opportunity for them? Well, I mean, if, you, you can just tell, if you can just tell me what they gain from going to the NIT, I would probably feel a little bit better about the fact that you just went on a verbal assault against North Carolina right at the beginning because they decided not to go to the NIT. Because other than those three, those two or three, maybe even four players that go, that might, that will be going to the NBA next year. How about the other 10 players that could use playing time and experience so they could be better next year, you know? So yeah, I'm not thinking, I'm not thinking about the two or three or maybe four people whose career will continue. I'm thinking about the other 10 or 11 who, you know what? We can do something special here. We can earn our spot for next year. That sort of thing. So, yeah. I mean, maybe I'm just... Maybe I'm just that guy. And I'll do they be have that, to earn their spot guy. next year? And what is special about, and what's special about the NIT? 
Well, it's not What's even about, about NIT for them. For my, no, my nobody, like, nobody that's playing in a North Carolina jersey showed up to UNC because they was like, you know what? We're going to smack the shit out of somebody in NIT. None of them. None of them. And honestly, are they really going to be getting that much better by playing competition that technically should be inferior to them based, based on how they were recruited? I mean, you can say, well, they're getting more playing time. Bro, they play basketball with each other all the time. And they're more top recruits on their team than they'll find in the NIT. I mean, yo, it might just be a time for them to get healthy, regroup, watch basketball, and be like, hey, we played terrible down the stretch. And we got to come back stronger next year. Like, playing time, I get it. If you're like, hey, these guys are fighting for spots next year. None of these dudes fighting for spots next year. Either you're going to have well, a spot the, next year or you're not going to have a spot next year. Well, that one's going to be determined by the NIT. Well, he's got the 24th ranked recruiting class coming in. So you, you figure he's got some dudes coming in next year. So he can he's reloading. And that's great. But I guess for me, I, I'm talking about the other guys who don't play because they don't get a chance to play because of the other thing. I was looking at the five, five, the Fab Five um, thing today. Which is interesting because I did not realize that Rob Palenka was on that team. Yes. That Michigan team. I, I didn't, because I was watching, I was like, damn, Rob Palenka. You know, and I, it was, it was a, it's always a good 30 for 30. And they, you know, they were talking about how, you know, the people who were there, of course, some, you got a freshman taking their spot. But they figured out a way to live together and all that stuff and still get playing time and rotation and all that beautiful stuff. And that's all I'm thinking about, man. I'm thinking about all the other ones. And you're probably right. You know, maybe it doesn't help them at all. You know, maybe it doesn't. And that's fine. But maybe I was I mean, thinking. It, it, I was it thinking doesn't help them and also. People. I was thinking about the other people. I wasn't using an elitist type of situation in which what what I would call elitist saying well we didn't get the NCAA so F the NIT because it's not the NCAA and blah 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 because it's not a it's not just about but and, and unfortunately unfortunately you're, say, you're saying it that way to make it sound negative because I don't think anywhere in that what they said said F the NIT bruh you got to these are 18 to 21 year old young men have to be motivated to play have already played a lot of basketball are coming off of a terrible stretch and going into the NIT not playing well also not really being motivated to be there how many times do we see in the college football bowl season where we see all these tremendous upsets in the bowl and we go man how did that little team beat this big team because that big team didn't want to fucking be there because it, it, what, it was a letdown to be there. And why go into a situation where you're going to be a letdown? And like I said, if they lose early in the NIT, it crushes them, their program more than winning the NIT would help the program. So for you to say they're like, fuck the NCAA, tur- fuck the NIT because it's not the NCAA tournament, I don't think that's it. I feel like they were looking around and just going, we don't gain anything from going here. It's not an elitist. And why would I want North Carolina, who doesn't want to be there, to take a spot from a team that would gladly love to go show their ass in the NIT and have a chance to win? I personally hate it when some of the big boys go to the NIT, and you can tell they just don't want to be there. Okay. No, nothing in that statement sounded like a statement that felt like this program was like, we had a tremendous letdown this season and we just want to get away from this shit and get on to next year. That sounded more like a defeated statement to me than a, a fuck the NIT. <laughs> AG, am I wrong? Did you hear it differently? No, well, I just heard the statement and I understand what you're saying. I understand what Ruben's saying, but I understand what you're saying because if you're North Carolina, do you really want to go to the NIC? And there's something to be said for that. I mean, as a coach, I don't know how you motivate players to go to somewhere where they think that it's less than. I don't. But there, there is a thought there that's like, I didn't come to North Carolina to play in the NIT. I mean, that's all I was thinking. <laughs> there is a bougie component to that. Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely, there is. And so that's why I said, that's why I kind of feel like I understand what Ruben's saying. But what you're saying is also true. It's just like, if, I, if I'm good enough, if I'm good enough to play 
you know, at, at Chapel Hill. The last, the last tournament that I, in fact, I don't even call it a tournament, to be honest. I don't call it a tournament because I go there to play in the NCAA tournament. I go, I go to North Carolina to win, period. Now, depending on your sport is, you know, will we'll take you to a certain school if you can play that well. So, yeah, there's that. And a lot of people don't like to hear it, but it is what it is. So, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I ain't trying to nickname it. No one, no one goes to those schools and to, to play in a lesser tournament. But I, I will, I mean, but like, I understand what you're saying. And where, where I agree with that, you know, that statement as well. But I also agree with my statement. That's some elitist shit right there. And, and we can't gloss upon the fact that that is some elitist shit. I mean, there's some bougie in it, but at the same time, I mean, the I, statement is the statement is never going to say, "Well, we don't want to go to NIT because we ain't getting the NCAA." I don't expect it to say that, and it's never going to say that because you can't come off like that. Because then you're basically saying, "Yeah, we bougie, and this NIT ain't shit." That's basically what that statement would say. Of course, you're going to come out of statement saying nice, but once again, I, I mean, regardless of is there, the is reason. The reason, I guess the thing about it is, the thing about it is, it's just an elitist move. You don't see... I mean, I just feel, I feel like there's a difference between that. bougie and elitist. I don't think so. I, I think feel like the there's a difference thing. between bougie... No, I think there's a difference between bougie and elitist. Because a lot of times, bougie is based on expectations. Elitist is based on, like, looking down at... I don't know... Because North Carolina has been in the NIT before. If North Carolina had a like predominantly freshman and sophomore team that didn't have expectations of, you know, competing and getting to like the final four at the beginning of the year, I'm pretty sure they don't come out and say, nah, we're not going to the NIT. But I think bougie comes from standards. And I feel like this is almost the program going, nah, man, we drastically underperformed to our standards. We're not going to go to the NIT because these motherfuckers don't deserve to play more basketball. Like, we, we this season is a colossal failure, and we're not going to compound that failure by going to a lesser than tournament. If you want to say that's elitist, I mean, maybe it's an elitist outlook, but I don't think the, I don't think the position comes from an elite standard. I think bougie and elite can be two different things. Bougie comes from standards. Like, you don't, most people don't necessarily start off bougie. You kind of got to get there. Usually. Usually. There's an elitist thing factor where it's like you're born into it. And yes, they're considered a blue blood. I get it. So when you, you consider a school a blue blood, you just automatically assume. But I just don't feel like if this was a North Carolina team that at the beginning of the season didn't have the expectations they had, would really be looking at the NIT the way they did. Because nobody at the beginning of this season was calling North Carolina not to make the tournament. They were preseason number that one, actually. Happening. People were talking... Exactly. <laughs> They're preseason. So I don't. I don't know I, if this was elitism, or like. And I, and I get that, like, but there's one thing to be like. I mean, see, here's the thing, right? Like, I don't think what we're. I don't think we're arguing the statement. I think, for me, I'm not arguing the statement. I'm arguing the true message behind it, because the statement is not what it is. Let's just be honest. Because if Duke if Duke had did the same shit, I'd be saying the same thing. If if Kentucky had did the same shit, I'd be saying the same thing. You know, if if they, you know, and that's just what it is. It's not it's not me being well. I don't like North Carolina. It's not that at all. It's that there are some schools that are just like NIT man. Fuck that. We ain't going to NIT. It, but it's been a long time since you've seen something like that. Even years ago, remember that horrible ass Kentucky team that made the NIT? Even um, his coach was like, We made the NIT. We're not playing at home. We're going to Robert Morris. Because they could have played at home. He's like, Nah, these kids don't deserve to play at home. But they went to the NIT anyway. And they lost to Robert Morris because they played in Robert Morris, which was awesome for Robert Morris. But once again, he didn't disrespect the NIT for what it was. And I do feel like sometimes that, it, because it's one thing if they were selected to go to the NIT, it's another thing when you qualify, like literally because they were one of the first four out, like they're in it. 
it's not a situation in which, hey, you're getting a call, see if you can go to NIT. Nah, you you're in it and you're a number one seed because you're one of the last four out. And that and for me, and that's why I'm just like, yo, you know you're going, but now you oh, I want to go to fuck the NIT, whatever. So yeah, I do call it as a leader's move because only some schools can do that. Okay, but I, I have one question for you. Why yes. do you remember that Robert Morris Kentucky thing so much? Because the coach, I for some reason his name's drawing a blank to me. He made a big Calipari. deal about Calipari. He made a big deal about the fact that his team didn't deserve to play at home in the NIT, but he was not going to turn down the, the NIT bid because they got it. Now he could have been like, "We ain't fucking playing." He could have did the and, same leadership. And, I, I, and he could have, and they lost, and they lost. So I understand what you're saying. Different, but once again, different, different. No, it's different teams. He he was rocking all freshmen on that team, and he had a couple people who were projected NBA um, draft picks who, because of their season, bombed so much. He knew some of them were going to come back. Different circumstance. He wanted them to play basketball. He wanted. He actually probably secretly was happy they lost. But the only reason you remember it is because Kentucky got bounced at the beginning of the NIT. The same thing would have happened if North Carolina would have went and got bounced. Nobody would have been like, oh, well, at least they respected the NIT. They would be like, nah, UNC, who was preseason number one, got bounced in the NIT. What a colossal fucking failure. Man, this program is going downhill fast. Cause you like honestly, all they're all they're doing is thinking about the next round of recruits, man. And you you just can't like it's actually more beneficial for them to just stop playing basketball this year than to go to the NIT. You can call it elitist, I can call it strategic. Like we 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 could be saying the same thing, we could be right for the same reason. I don't know if that has anything to do with the tournament itself or just the appearance of it. I, I don't believe that any coach, any coach on any level ever says no to playing more basketball it just usually doesn't happen so if they do say no there's usually a reason behind it well and And f the nit don't sound like the real reason but i will also say i will also say i agree with you what you said earlier i don't think that's what this was his choice i think it was an ad and higher choice i think they told me i agree you're not playing (laughs) So, which makes it elitism. I don't. I'm not. I'm not sitting here blaming the coach, and I'm not blaming the team. I'm blaming the school because that's why I think where it came from. You know what I'm saying? Because Final that question, is so elitism. Yeah, but that's elitism. Do you not think there are some programs that actually are above the NIT? And what I mean by that is like, are you not above the NIT when the NIT cannot do any benefit for your program? I, me personally, I don't think there any program, any programs above the NIT because it's the NCAA tournament. Regard, it's not the tournament, but it is an NCAA ran tournament. So I don't think any team is above it until you put yourself above it. Okay. Because it's it's a prestigious program. I mean, it's been around for God knows how many years. And you know what'll happen is they'll be in the preseason NIT and they'll love that shit. Which I mean, hey, look, again, the Sandman the at the Apollo been around for a long time too, but um, <laughs> <laughs> really, <laughs> I mean, you can't just use the argument it's prestigious because it's been around a long time. No, nah, no, but I'm saying like if somebody was like, look, if I'm bad, I don't want the Sandman come out and get me. I'm just gonna walk off stage. What? Bitch, you ain't better than the Sandman. And that's what I'm saying. They. The people there think they're better than an IT. I don't think the team or the coaches. I don't think they feel that way. I think it's more the athletic department. Nah, we're not doing it. Even though they get home games and they be on fucking TV all the time. Nope, this would ruin our image. So, yeah, that's elitism, in my opinion. But yes, um, we can agree, disagree, and that's very fun. And that's why we have an awesome conversation. So, AG, what's up, man? What's going on? Uh, talking to me now. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. You. Well, actually, I don't have anything. I don't have anything, and then I did. Because <laughs> sometimes okay. I struggle to prepare for this show, man. It's just like, okay, what am I going to talk about now? Sometimes I want to talk about some stuff, and it's just like, it's just too depressing for me. It's like, this is, 
every week I'm just Jeez. bringing the mood down. So this is I got a question Let's for talk you. Talk about something happy. Well, I'm gonna talk, well this ain't happy, but it's not like we all gonna die day out to kill us. How about that? So I was taking a shower just today, and I was like, that's what I'm gonna talk about. Just I, today? Just right now, today. <laughs> I don't take showers okay. other than today. That's where I have the blue bag. <laughs> anyway. So I'm in the shower, right? And I'm like, isn't it? And I'm asking y'all this, this too as I'm saying it. But it's just like, isn't it the most aggravating thing when you're in the shower and then all of a sudden you got to take a dump? Have y'all ever had that happen to you? Like you go into the shower and you're fine and there's no signs that you have to take, you have to go to the bathroom. So you're in the shower, you're cleaning up, whatever it is. And it's like halfway through, you're like, oh my God, are you serious right now? And you got to get out of the shower, take your dump. I promise you, it is irritating. Nothing. No, nah, if man, it has I, happened, I, I, I don't remember. The, I don't remember the last time it's happened. I've been there. I mean, and look, man, you just be like, "Cool, I'm not even gonna turn the shower off. It's gone. Exactly. Right, hop out, do my business, and then get back in the shower." I mean, why turn the shower off, man? Like, I, I already know what time. It, and if it and if it hits you like that, it ain't like it's something that you got to contemplate. No. If it hits you like that, you like, oh no, nah, this gonna be quick. We gonna we gonna be done with this quick. Yep, that's interesting. Now, how soapy were you? Because I when it happened to me, when it happened to me, dude, I soap every. It was soap everywhere. Hey man, look, sometimes, sometimes soap happens, man. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes soap happens, man. I'm just I'm just saying, man. It's one of those things that happens. Well, apparently, it doesn't happen to everybody. But it happened to Moby, it happened to me. I'm just saying, it's just like you're in the shower, doo, 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 hey, you're man. all clean, and He's, you gotta be like, you're talking dirty. about the hard hitting issues. I'm just saying, man, it is hard hitting. The hard hitting issues right here, man. Cause, like, because you get, you're getting clean, and then you're dirty. Hey, Ruben, I, I, look, I'm glad you ain't <laughs> never experienced that, man. You know, you be in the shower, and all of a sudden, you be like, hey, this by the bitch. <laughs> exactly. I'm, exactly. Because you, I, I guess, I guess usually, usually what happens is, I will have taken a dump prior to the shower. Some because you know, pretty much, you know, you get up in the morning. First thing I do is go use the bathroom. That's just what it is. You know, it may sit there for five, ten, fifteen, twenty minutes. Do my do, and I'm pretty good after that. Usually, I get up there, I get in the shower. I mean, no, I understand what you're I, saying. I, you know, no, I, I, I get the pre the pre planning morning ones. I ain't, I ain't talking about the shit shave and shower shits. I'm talking about like, hey man, I went to the gym, came back, was like, man, I need to take a shower real quick. Take a shower, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, oh, what happened? What happened? Exactly. And now, now, well, might as well just leave the shower running, cause I mean, I'm gonna be in and out of this thing in about sixty seconds. Cause if it hits you like that, it ain't it ain't nothing you got to contemplate. We ain't reading no newspaper article. Yeah, we that yeah, shit yeah. coming exactly. Because <laughs> you can't touch your phone because you got soapy hands. Like, look, you just hey, like I said, soap happens, man. And then too, First I'm not le- hey, I'm not leaving the bathroom with a dirty booty. Ain't gonna be no mud. But after I took a shower, oh, I'm gonna take no, another shower. No, no, definitely not. I'm gonna have squeaky clean in my butt crack. Just saying. Well, my assumption is. You're probably in the middle of taking a shower, and then you poop. Then you get realize you got to poop. So you really didn't finish taking a shower. So you just go back again and just finish taking a nut, just taking that's, another shower. That's exactly what I said. Exactly. You just leave, just oh, leave okay. the shower yeah. running. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I love Black I mean, Morticia, Black Morticia Adams. As <laughs> as open as I am, I'm gonna keep this to myself. <laughs> yeah, how in the world is she gonna keep that to herself, hey, man? Look, man? She say shit everything happens, else. Man. I'm just saying shit happens. Like exactly. All, all the time. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah that's interesting. Well, the second thing I got. Man, it, maybe maybe huh? your body. Huh? I was about to say, maybe Ruben's body just works better than the rest of ours. No, I just I prepare mean, for it. It hit sometimes. Look, well, man. I'm just I, saying. I'm, I try to be clear before I take a shower. <laughs> well, look, the second thing I, I got so is. So I'm just saying, so every time you about to go take a shower, you'd be like, I got to take a shit first. I'm just going to, I'm going to sit on the toilet just to see. This is not sure. going to turn into the NIT movie. This, no, this is um, you cha- <laughs> when you challenge him, this lasts a half hour. I'm not going to do this, man. It's, no, it's not. A, it's not a challenge. I think it's fair. Now, basically, what it is, 
when I, I usually, once again, I get up and want to take a, take a shit. Usually I'm in the shower quickly after that. I, I don't, I don't just go take a shit and sit on the couch. Nah, I kind of go take a shit and get in the shower. So, okay. Yeah. All right. And, well. I, and I make sure I sit on the toilet long enough that you out, you out. All right, we good. Okay. Well, anyway, second thing, I'm watching, I'm watching uh, Instagram Reels. I don't know what it is about that, but they got some funny stuff on there. Well, this time something was funny, and I laughed until I found out who posted it. So, it's it's a it's a video of a Dodge Charger with 30 inch wagon wheels on there, and it said, "If black people were Amish." And I laughed until the driver of the car was white, and then I felt some type of way. Is there something flawed about that? Is it okay for black people to say it and not okay for white people to say it, even though it's the same joke? Which I, which when I get outside of myself, I'm saying, yo, that was funny. But when a white dude said it, it was kind of gay to side eye. Have y'all ever done that before? Clearly you are laughing until you find out who is telling or who the messenger is. So you know the joke is funny already. That. But the dude, like I said, in my case, the dude driving the car was white. And then I was like, you know, so what's up, y'all? I, I think, I just think that joke black people wouldn't do. That's not entirely true. Because, I mean, because I couldn't imagine, like, the big old wagon wheels on a, on a chart. Like, I can't even imagine that. And I'm kind of thinking about it. The shit does sound funny, but it's hard to visualize that. I, I don't know. I mean... I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to answer your I'm question. I'm indifferent AG. with it. But I'm indifferent with that. I don't care. I'm going to try to answer your question, AG. And I kind of feel like the same way Dave Chappelle felt when he decided not to finish his show. Okay. Like, sometimes sometimes it's cool when you think people are laughing with you. And then some something hits different when you feel like they're laughing at you. Ah. So is that what I was feeling? Yeah, yeah. I, I I think at first when you thought it was a black person, you was like, okay, we laughing together. And then sometimes when you see the messenger, you go, oh, no, you laughing at us. And I mean, I don't care how hard we will joke on each other. We don't necessarily like when other people joke on us. Okay. I was, and, I was and, just and trying that, to qualify because I didn't think it, I would, I didn't really think I was cool in that moment. But it's that, that just like sense. you know we we kind of really respect i should say we as personally i respect a lot of white comedians who have no problem saying like risque rakes jokes because i don't necessarily always assume that they're laughing at us to me i feel like man it takes a certain a certain level of ballsiness to know you about to be saying a joke that could come off as you being a white person laughing at black people. But you gotta deliver it well. Bill Burr. Like it's it's got to be delivered well. Like there, there's you are just one one syllable away, one emphasis on the wrong word in the sentence away from somebody thinking you racist. Man, it takes that's that's ballsy. But yeah, I think what you were just feeling was like, hey, it's cool when we laughing at each other. You know, there's a lot of cookout jokes that we'll say. And, you know, we don't necessarily think they're true. We, we laugh at our own, own stereotypes, too. But let some random white person say it just out and about. Like, hey, Kyrie Irving effect, man. Messenger matters. Got it. Yeah, that's all I got, man. I thought those two things were interesting, especially the whole thing with the Amish thing. I was like... And I was trying to check myself because it's like, yo, man, that was funny a second ago until you saw, you know. Okay. But that's all I got. Just random. That's cool. All right, Moby, what you got for us today? Unpopular opinions. Ruh -ruh. All right. I've been thinking about really unpopular opinions later, lately. And I think it got sparked when I was talking to you. And I don't mind saying it because I don't mind being a black guy that, that takes the heat for this. I think Talking Dr. Dre is overrated. Yeah, just in general. I don't I don't think oh, Dr. Okay. Dre I don't think I think Dr. Dre is an overrated producer. Yeah, I said it. 
Why, why I don't think a lot. It's a very unpopular opinion, man. Not a lot of people. I mean, he's he's beats by Dre, man. But I just think Dr. Dre is a very overrated producer. And now I have no problem saying when Dr. Dre hit that motherfucker hit. But um, I can't ignore the like fourteen year gap of material. Well, that's I what can't I was ignore. Yeah, I, was I can't ignore the you. the fact that the firm actually happened. You know what I'm saying? I just, I just, I can't. Like, there's so many other producers that I would put like above Dr. Dre, and it sounds blasphemous. Like, you know, I saw this thing where somebody was like, at no point in time was Jay Z ever the hottest rapper in the game. And I feel like a lot of people think that's an unpopular opinion too, but my opinion goes deeper than that when it comes to rap. Because yes, Tupac and Biggie had a tremendous impact on people my age. People my daughter's age, they don't know shit about Tupac and Biggie other than the fact that old motherfuckers like us talk about them. So because of that, I feel like I feel like that should disqualify you from being in... <laughs> Is that all they know? <laughs> I'm just saying... I mean, essentially, essentially, look, Tupac, Tupac and Biggie are to hip hop what Bill Russell is to basketball for a lot of people in my generation. Like, Bill Russell is the most winningest person to ever play basketball. Don't nobody ever have no debates about who's the greatest, Bill Russell or somebody else. It's always Jordan, then somebody else. The reason that is, long time ago, we didn't see him. Nobody who's around of a young age really feels relevant about that. So, yeah, man, I, if, if you still cranking out Tupac and Biggie in your top five rappers of all time, I think you need to update your list, man. I, I, I just, you know, you need to blow the disc cartridge out of your Nintendo. You need to, you know what I'm saying? Like, you need, there's, there's some things that you just need to move on from, man. And my last unpopular opinion, and I mean... Hey, it is what it is. I don't think Wu-Tang has a very effective discography. I was trying to listen to it the other day, and I just don't... I, I have this fond memory of Wu-Tang that when I actually go back and listen to the albums, I'd be like, there's really only like four or five songs I actually like by Wu-Tang. They're more of a like a magic myth that like I've created in hip hop. Cause no, they were super impactful. I'm not I am not saying that Wu Tang is trash. I'm not I'm not trying to be like, hey, all them dudes is garbage. I'm just saying, like, when I really sit back and be like, are there can I name Wu Tang's songs? Like Wu Tang songs that I would really listen to? Nah, man, I can't. I might get the four. Now, I can find some members of Wu-Tang that made singles or put in there and we just lump into the Wu-Tang category. But like, you know, one of my boys was telling me that Wu-Tang is a more impactful hip hop group than Outkast. And I was just like, but nigga, at some point in time, hits got to matter. Like hits got to matter. Like I get it. Impact, you know, Wu-Tang had a whole bunch of people in Virginia wanting to be from New York for whatever reason. But yeah, man. At some point in time, <laughs> songs have to matter. At some point in time, hits have to matter. Now, I'm sure there's somebody who's like loves Wu Tang who's gonna come at me and name all these B side classics of Wu Tang that I just have forgot about. But like, I challenge you, you two right now. Can y'all name four Wu Tang certified smashes that y'all would listen to right now? I can name one. Hold on, hold on. Are we talking Wu Tang from the album? Or no, he's talking Wu-Tang? about Wu-Tang. You can't, you can't say old dirty bastard. You can't say none of that. It's got to be Wu Tang. Four Wu Tang songs. I can't. I, I can, can only name one. Two. <laughs> but I, I think Wu Tang's value. I can name three. I can name three. I can name three. I can't say four, four, bro. I can name three. <laughs> I know. I can name three. I'm trying now, to think now, of the fourth one. Now, 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 here, now, here's what I'm saying. Can you name four Tribe Called Quest songs? Easy. Can you name four Outkast songs? Easy. You can name four Run DMC songs. Easy, yeah. But Wu-Tang, this group in the 90s that was supposed to transition and change hip-hop, we can't name four whoa, goddamn whoa, songs whoa, right whoa, now. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now you're out of bounds. 
because that's what I was going to say. I believe, I don't, <laughs> you're right. However, that last statement, I think Wu-Tang, what they did and when they did it matters. They didn't, oh, have, to no, be, they I, didn't have to be good. Hold on. I led, I led with that I understood the impact. I'm just like, at some point in time, impact has to match with hits too. Yeah, okay. As long as you're saying that, because I do believe, I do believe I can, that they I can started. Say, I can say you cannot tell the story of hip hop with Wu Tang. You cannot tell the story of hip hop in the '90s without Wu Tang, and that by itself makes them impactful. Right. That's all I need to hear. So I will say that. But what I'm saying is, at some point in time, you gotta be able to name some goddamn hits, man. You do. You do. So this is my opinion. What Wu Tang did was they used the group albums to make their individual albums better so it, it's like it's a flower and as the seeds went away everywhere it grew more flowers so that, that was great but the main flower eventually was just what it was because I agree with you I can only name three and but they had so many hood hits it gets that whole their whole importance gets magnified. I mean, and many, because they and had, many, because like you said, because you said it right, they're gonna name a whole bunch of B sides that were probably hood <laughs> and hard and awesome. I wouldn't listen to that shit in my car, but you know, you're not gonna find it on like a top 100 list. But in the hood, they were it. And for New York, that whole album was a banger. Once again, there were only two tracks on our first album that were that I listened to. That was Method Man, because he had his own. It was a track called Method Man on the album. Yep. Literally, it then Cream. Cream. Anything <laughs> else after that? <laughs> and hey, then, I, then I might even give me. you Protect Your Neck because that was a single that was on the radio. I might I even give you Protect Your Neck. Because <laughs> no, I thought Protect Your Neck was on Method Man's album. Nope. I'm pretty sure. I, so I'm that would be sure. my four. That and then Triumph when they made that second Triumph. album, Triumph. <laughs> that's, it. that's it. Because the other dope songs on, on everybody else's joint, like Ice Cream, Ice Cream's dope track. Except Capadon's on that shit, and I, we not about to get into that. But we F don't that. mention Capadon. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. what I think but is special about Wu Tang is not even the rapping itself as much as it was how innovative they were to get the rap on tape and then how they produced it once they got a little bit of money and put that back into the equipment because when uh when rizza got that studio it changed everything and i think that was the beginning of that dirty nasty hip-hop that we all know and love well maybe not now but i kind of hear it on some other stuff that is you know um contemporary and i'm like oh i know where y'all got that from I know where that sound comes from. That whole lo-fi, dirty, nasty, and then this clear vocal over it, it's like, because when I hear Cream, I'm like, I, I was shown how y'all did that. I'm impressed. It's a great record. And, and it changed everything. It just did. Now you got now you got people, well, back then, you know, people that never thought about having a record company going, hey, I can do this. So Diddy wasn't new because... Jay-Z did it before him, and then Wu-Tang did it and showed them all how to do it. So it's just like, from that perspective, is where Wu-Tang is like, I'm not worth it. However, yeah. Moby is still right, though. And then Wu-Tang actually led to um, No Limit doing a reverse Wu-Tang, because Wu-Tang used the group to, like, to like push individuals, and No Limit used the group, <laughs> used the individuals to push the group. <laughs> Man, like every every man, every, every individual every individual album on No Limit, you would have one uh, track with everybody up there, <laughs> and it'd be the best track on the album. Easy, it'd be it the would. best track on the album. Oh man, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was singing that No Limit stuff because I was about to say it. I but yeah, I, I don't I don't want any of the like the the official hip hop heads to come at me and be like how I was disrespecting Wu because my first statement is. They are highly impactful. You cannot tell the story of hip hop without them. But at some point in time, 
it's we matter. ain't we are not gonna sit here and have an honest conversation and be like man wu-tang was cranking out them hits now nah, individual members were cranking off individual hits but the group nah they not so much they you know they had a couple of them I just mean, enough just enough to yeah. make you like the mystique i still haven't listened to the last album I'm just saying, I couldn't I, I, imagine telling my daughters how impactful Wu-Tang was and then them being like, hey, let me hear some of the songs and me being like, hold on. <laughs> let me let me find those hits that I was talking about. I don't, I, don't, I don't think so, man. <laughs> I, think, I think it's almost like, it's almost like, you know, the same thing for rock and roll. I think that if you're if you're a kid, you just get into music and your, your path is rock and roll, I think that you will still understand Led Zeppelin. I think everybody needs to go down that path to really kind of understand what's going on. And no matter how old it might be, secretly you're like, yeah, okay, that was hype. Like, that was fire. But I don't I don't think that's true. I think that if you let your daughters, I mean, if you really sat them down, took out somebody's phone, and really took a deep dive into Wu-Tang, I think that they could appreciate it. And I think that they would start making parallels to what they're listening to now. I, I, I think you're right. They can appreciate it. But what I'm saying is normally when you talk about, like, let's say if I brought up to most like rock and roll people, let's say I bring up the Beatles or Queen, I can instantly point to like six, seven, eight, nine major songs that even if they didn't know who it was, the song would play and they'd be like, oh, yeah, I've heard that before. I know what that is. Then I say Wu-Tang and I'd be like, yeah, and I'd pull out like three songs that they might have heard and then i pull out a whole bunch of stuff that would just sound like dirty bass lines over some random dudes rapping and <laughs> like honestly i feel like if i didn't tell them who it was but i just threw out all the non-singles that all the non-radio wu-tang hits and just put them out there my daughters would probably think it was somebody's mixtape that was trying to come out now <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't agree, but I understand you. <laughs> You're right. They wouldn't I use mean, white. So, They'd be like, "Daddy, this is trash." <laughs> put on that. So, put on that little Uzi vert. <laughs> <laughs> and then your next statement. Your next statement after that should be, "Get out. <laughs> Get out." <laughs> Y'all crazy. Without question. Yeah. So, first question. I got two things. Wu Tang only has three albums, right? Don't get me the line. <laughs> That's the group only has like three or four albums. All right, bro. Don't so, get me the line, man. And and then the second thing is, um, the on the Led Zeppelin thing. Yeah. I, whoever's I whoever idea it was to come out in the late, I think it was around ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, came out with that Led Zeppelin album. With newer artists yeah, doing their that. songs. And tell me, yeah, that's great. Brilliance. Yes. Brilliance. Yes. Because you're right. All that did is touch, it touched the 90s fans with old Led Zeppelin songs because, yo, I'm gonna be real with you. I don't know a lot about Led Zeppelin. I know your basic shit. But that song that Hootie the Blowfish did, remade. Yeah. Hot. Um, that's hot. On that Led Hot hey, hey, what mess. can I do? It was amazing. I yes, was like, sir. Are you serious right now. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And I listened. And I listened to the original. I'm just like, Hootie did it better. <laughs> I mean, but you know, it's, but it's just one of those things, right? I, I feel like Wu Tang. I feel like somebody needs to do the same with Wu Tang. And let these new guys redo the old Wu Tang shit and just see, because I'll let you know if it's gonna hold up to the test of time or not. I think Wu Tang has four. Yeah, it, they came at um, you know into the Wu Tang Wu Tang Forever preservation, and then the saga continues. Yeah, which is five years ago. But in the, in the in the last thing, I mean, we don't talk a lot about Tupac up here, but Tupac is probably has one of the best diss tracks in history. Is that the one best, where he was beefing with? By Mom? far, nah, the way he was beefing with Mob Deep, Mob Deep. Wait a minute, he was beefing with toast. Mob Deep. Yeah, on one of his tracks, the, the Get Money track, he was like, because I guess Mob Deep was talking shit about him. He was like, he was, oh, he was, because one of them got sickle cell, man. 
and he brought that shit up. I was like, oh, that's, that's foul, cold. bro. Wow, really? I was like, that's cold. <laughs> yeah. That guy yeah. lives a life I was like, that's of cold. pain. I mean, ouch. Don't want you little motherfuckers <laughs> got sickle cell. Got sickle cell. <laughs> <laughs> that that was cold. His his whole thing is crazy. But yo, that was my that's in the top three of one of the coldest discs that is lines ever. That is crossing the line. I mean, oh my goodness. You know, and you can put it whatever order you want. You got that, you got that Nas or Jay-Z joint, the ether, and you got no Vaseline. Whichever order you want to put that in, those are the top three that I remember. Now, if there's some other well, shit. Well, you said diss tracks? Diss tracks? Top three. Okay. Here's the thing there's a diss track that many people don't even know really exists because it comes from a kind of like an unlikely source. But comments this to Ice Cube, I see the bitch in you. Oh, yeah. Bitch in you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. That's, that shit is like uh, four minutes of just lyrical rape. Wait a minute. <laughs> when did they have a beef? Oh, like early, oh, so, so, early 90s. So when Common made the song, I used to love her. He okay. made a statement where he said, um, I thought it was dope she was with them boys in the hood. Because basically he was talking about how hip hop went to the West. But he said he thought it was whack that, you know, she said Afrocentricity was whack now. So basically he was like, he thought it was kind of lame that hip hop had kind of just married yeah. itself to the West Coast funk and all that shit. Mm-hmm. So then Ice Cube and, and that other motherfucker that used to roll with him, Mac 10 and shit, took offense to it and started talking shit about it. And then Common just drops this song, I See the Bitch in You. And man, he just, he dices up Ice Cube and like his background, like how he went to fucking Arizona State, nigga, you want in the hood. Like, like he just goes all in. And I'm just like, man, too bad not many people know that song exists because that shit is yeah. lyrical rape. I can, I, can I hear this? I forgot about that. Is this, some, is this somewhere I can hear it? I mean, I'm sure you can find it. I'm sure you can find it. Yeah. I never knew that. I because never knew Common, that. Because Common made, made now now she hangs out with the gangster bitches. Yeah. Because that's a line he said. Talking about how hardcore and real she is. She was really the realest yeah. before she got in the show business. Wow. <laughs> oh, okay. Ouch. I didn't realize it was Mac 10 who was with Ice Cube. Yeah, it was. That's when he was with the West Side Connection. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Telling yeah. me sad stories. Now nasty. she only fucks with the funk. <laughs> yeah, that was nasty. That, 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 that shit was nasty. I forgot about that. My bad. I she's a gangster hanging board. with gangster bitches. <laughs> yeah, I was like, whoa, that's that's rough. That's rough out here. But yeah, man. And the thing is, ooh, I didn't even ooh. I never even saw that song as him really dissing the West Coast. He was just talking about like his experience with hip hop. Which I mean to this day, I don't know if there's ever been a more lyrical masterpiece than Commons I used to love. There's I'll put that up there with anybody. That's that is lyrical genius. But so I'll say this one thing and I'm done. Like I, I appreciate your 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 candor with the Dr. Dre um statement. Um but I but I will say this. Um only you and twelve other people remember the firm. And <laughs> but I ain't gonna act like that shit didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. I just need you I need you to stop bringing up old shit because that shit was foul and completely unnecessary because everybody got one. Hold on. Even Dr. Dre had to mention it in Dre 2000 when he was like talking about how I fell off with the firm. He's like, my last album was The Chronic. That nigga disemboweled his own fucking album. Oh, yeah. Said, my last yeah. album was The yeah. Chronic. <laughs> hey, at least you're self-aware. That, I mean, yo, I'm, I'm just saying, like, you ain't got to keep bringing that old shit up, man. It's, it's, there's some things you got to leave dead and buried bro and that's that's one of them so awesome all right so what's going on what's on your mind ag man ain't got nothing man i'm just glad to get through the week get a couple days off chill with little lady that's what's up word word what's on your mind moby hey man i'm just happy to not have a migraine anymore and be able to see and not vomiting and you know be able to see all the bad acting parents at the rec basketball championship day. It's just, you know, 
No, nothing. Are you sure nothing, you're so glad you can see that? Nothing can um lift your spirits up like um bitch ass adults acting like bitch ass adults. Nothing. <laughs> nothing better than it, man. <laughs> nothing better than seeing a grown ass man run on the court to try to fight two female officials. Nothing. Nothing better than it. Just, Wait a minute. Back up. What did you just say? I mean, that's. I mean, I said exactly what happened. Oh my god! A parent, okay. a parent in the stands felt so emboldened that he wanted to go fight the two female officials for quote unquote blowing the calls and costing them the game. Wow. Okay. I mean, just totally stole the game away from the girls because I mean, it was a okay. It was a great game of watching horrible basketball. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's no other way to put it. It was a great game of horrible basketball. I saw one team have to play with four people in a quarter because they didn't have their star player. And then they played basically under... They didn't have half their team, it felt like. And they just played hard and scrappy. And I saw the other team have a girl who was... 20 times more athletic than any other person on the court and could not hit a layup. She was probably 0 of 38 from inside the paint. But she hit two game-winning free throws. Hit two game-winning free throws. I don't... For the love of God, I don't get it. She had about 15 steals. Missed about 14 fast-break layups. Missed every shot from inside the paint. And somehow still hit two game-winning free throws, man. That's that's resilience, man. And was it was one just, of those, was it was one just of those ugly teams, basketball, man. Was one of those teams the team that beat your girls? Yeah, that was the team that lost. And that was the team where one, one of the parents wanted to fight the officials. <laughs> Tales of the Rec League. I mean, you, you, can't make, you can't make this shit up, man. Like, it just... <laughs> I do love it. I mean, look, it's fucked up, man. Like, you got you got all these bad acting adults, and the kids are doing nothing wrong. Like, even the team that beat us as bad as some of the parents and people acted. We ain't got I got no beef with the players. Like, they just play hard, and you know, sometimes they respond to their parents too much. Like, they keep looking at their parents and and getting hyped up by the parents, and then re- parents are like getting in and cheering competitions with each other. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't no, know there no. was such a thing. <laughs> I didn't either, man. It was it was the most uncomfortable shit in the world. So one fan base is cheering. So then the other fan base feels like, hey, <laughs> if we don't cheer louder than them towards our girls, our girls won't think we love them. Okay. And, and I get it. But like at some point in time, I, it's like you do realize y'all not even cheering your kids on anymore. Y'all are just in a fucking cheerleader competition with each other. It was disgusting to watch, to be honest. Like the whole thing made me uncomfortable and I was like, I just want to be on the coach's side. I don't want to be in the stands anymore. Cause parents are the worst. Parents ruin everything. Actually, I, I feel I feel better by saying this. Any youth activity can only be made worse by adults. Because if you just brought the two girls basketball teams there, empty gym, let them play, such a better experience. You put these dumbass motherfucking adults out there. You know, people talking about gun violence and dudes threatening threatening female referees because they didn't blow the whistle on a potential game winning call. That's why you need cops out there. Oh, police got called out there towards the end, but... But it's like, hey, you got to call that double dribble. Like, hey, we want this game to end, don't we? Because we call the double dribble on her. Yeah, call, on, call her, it on your daughter too. And Lord knows. <laughs> I mean, gotta, I've, been, I've watched some of this, man. It's little kid basketball. There's there's some kids out there who's got talent. There's a whole bunch you don't. Yeah, it's it's like, look, man, you got to understand. You got to let some shit slide. And at the end of the day, it's like, yo, did. Did y'all were y'all betting money on this game? <laughs> like, this ain't Miami got it. <laughs> did you lose the over under on this game? Like, was this a bad beat for somebody? <laughs> Who's scoring the first point? <laughs> Bets on the first point. Ah, oh, that's hilarious. 
Yeah, man. But you know, uh, you know, I was glad not to have a migraine so I could experience a headache, which is known as rec basketball. <laughs> All right. Awesome. I mean, what's on my mind is, you know, we've talked about it on the show before, but, you know, I'm about to experience it myself, man. Home ownership. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we can't be living in apartments forever. I mean, we can, but why are we doing that to yourself? Because in the grand scheme of things, you paying for somebody else's, like, property. Yo, man, I'm not saying you need to... Nah, that I am saying it. Yo, man, get your shit together. Go buy you some... Go buy you a house, a condo. Something that's yours. Something that nobody can kick you out of unless you don't pay the bill for 90 days. Like, you know, just get your own piece of land. That if you walk out... Like, you walk outside and you piss in the ground. It's my yard. I can piss on my yard if I want to. It's probably not cool, but you can do that. All I'm saying is, ladies and gentlemen, you know, and I'm not even speaking on black or white. I'm just saying, yeah, man, they're building apartments all over this freaking place, man. All over this place. I mean, they're taking land and they're not building houses. They're building condos and apartments so you can pay somebody else's bill. Bro, ladies, get your shit together. Buy a house. Buy a condo. Just buy something that's yours. Shit. What, man? I'm not going to say it on there. Okay. Who said that? Oh, you can. But I'm just saying, I've done this shit for like 30, almost 30 years, man. And I'm over this shit. I can't wait. So, generational wealth. Or just wealth for yourself. Pay yourself before you start paying other people. That's all I'm going to say on that. So, once again, like, thank everybody for joining us today. Another great episode. Um, once again, check us out, you know, every Sunday, 9 p.m. till we finish. <laughs> That's probably what it is. On Sundays, Eastern Standard Time. Go to our website, first5minutewarning.com. Check out old episodes. Tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell somebody about us. And of course, like I said earlier, we will be here next week twitch youtube my page and of course um like and subscribe to wherever you get podcasts for this because it'll be up there too ladies and gentlemen thank you again as always peace love hair grease soul and deuces Email us at 5minutewarning19 at gmail.com. And also leave comments on Facebook and Twitch. Search 5-Minute Warning. Contact us on Twitter at AG underscore FMW podcast, RB5MenWarning at FMW2019. Contact us on Instagram, Moby5MinuteWarning, AG underscore 5-Minute Warning, RB5MenWarning. You can listen to the podcast at Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of The Five Minute Warning.